Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 87. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode here. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know how I feel about leadership. It is definitely the difference maker and the deal breaker. You know it's how we grow organizations. It's how we impact lives. And you also know that leadership is something we don't simply talk about here Leadership is the action we are required and obligated to live out. Many of you know that I recently became a John Maxwell certified coach, teacher, and speaker. And with that, I can offer you workshops, seminars, keynote speaking, and coaching, helping you and aiding you in your personal and professional growth through study and practical application of John Maxwell's proven methods. Working together, I can move you, your team, and your organization in the desired direction to reach your goals. You know I'm passionate about leadership here. You know, one of the main lessons I've learned over the past few months working with John Maxwell and his team is that leaders add value by serving others. And I'd like to serve you, helping you reach your purpose, your vision, and your goals through an intentional plan of development. You can find out more information at doseofleadership.com. Contact me. I'm looking forward to assisting you on your journey to becoming a more successful leader. Well, have you ever wondered why some individuals achieve tremendous success in life and are happy while other people put forth great effort and still fail to maximize their talents or reach their full potential? Do you aspire to do better, be better, and achieve more in every aspect of your life? If so, I think you're going to enjoy my interview with my next guest, Lionel L. Noel. He is a successful business executive. Over the past 30 years, he's passionately mentored and assisted numerous people as they pursued and achieved their dreams, their goals, their ambitions. He's the author of a great book, You Are Better Than Your Best. It's a compilation of experiences and knowledge that Lionel has acquired over the years. In, the, in this book, he shares that wisdom and unravels the mystery of attaining success. He's requested many times to be a speaker at conferences and seminars, and he's contributed to many books and publications, and he currently serves as a director on several public company boards. Lionel, welcome to the Dose Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Rich, it's both an honor and a privilege to spend this afternoon with you. And thank you for inviting me. Well, gosh, you know, I, it, let's let's start right off the bat. Like, tell us a little bit more about you, um, how you got started, and you know, and go back as far as you want to. But I'm I'm interested in in kind of your your journey. You know, I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, one of six children to parents, neither of which graduated from high school. So you could say from that that I had. Uh, one hand behind my back when I first started. But I also had parents who were motivated and driven to make sure that their kids uh, aspired uh, to achieve more than what they did. So through that motivation, you know, I was able to finish high school, which was clearly what the top of my parents' list for what they wanted all their children to accomplish, and all of them did. Uh, went on from there to graduate from college, and, you know, despite what many would say were obstacles, were things that motivated me to continue to do well and ended up, uh, you know, at heads of a number of corporations in terms of heads of finance uh, and now currently serve on, as you mentioned, the board of directors for uh, some top uh, 50 corporations. 
So how did you become, or have you always kind of considered yourself passionate about leadership, or was it something that you kind of um, knew was within you, or did, you, did was it a slow self-discovery that you had leadership qualities? You know, I'll tell you, I mean, you talk about it. As I was growing up, you know, I, I experienced having dreams and aspirations that were bigger than other people thought would be possible or even appropriate for me. And so... You know, freely, I wrote the book, You're Better Than Your Best, to share my personal story and provide some of the insights and wisdom, you know, that a number of people bestowed on me over the, over the years as I was evolving in my life and my career. And as you said, pretty much I, I wanted to inspire people to believe in themselves. So in the book and in my life, you know, I, I talk about traits that are required to be successful and happy. And the reason I can find success and happiness is because I truly believe they're intertwined. I mean, you can't have true success without coupling it with a happy life. Uh, and I found out, I mean, through my journey, is that the fact of the matter is you don't create success and happiness, um, or you don't pursue success and happiness, rather, you create it. Yeah. And I've been able to do that. You know, that reminds me, I can't remember where I heard this, but um, it's kind of along the same lines of where... You know, you don't um, wait till you're happy to play the piano or whatever it is. You go ahead and play the piano and that makes you happy. It's kind of what, it's just a, a little twist, right? I mean, that's kind of what right. you're getting at. You know, you don't. And, and that's kind of what we're talking about. That, uh, you know, because there are a lot of people who would say they achieve success and, and truly aren't happy. I mean, they're at a miserable state. And so that to me is in true success. So my passion and when you talk about leadership, is around getting people to the place in their life uh, where they feel they've accomplished what they want to accomplish, they're living a the life they want to live, and they're happy with themselves and with the people around them. That, to me, is the definition of success. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, everybody's pursuing it. It's, it uh, people may have heard me say this on the podcast, but it, it seems like, you know, when you think about the dreams that you had when you were a kid, and they were big dreams. They were lofty dreams. And as you get older and life starts to kind of get more real, I guess, and I put real in quotation marks, we we start to really start to tell ourselves that we can't or we don't think we are or I don't think I am, therefore I'm not. And those dreams, we start to go into a pattern. And it's almost like when we turn 25, we go into autopilot. And it's like we die when we're 25, really. And then we just kind of, go that way until we check out. I, yep. you know, I, I and, yeah. And, and you talk about it. That in itself is unfortunate. Yes. You, you and I have both seen individuals, uh, who have done that. And, and the point of what you say is almost stop living. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about before we started the recording that I said, and and this has kind of been my theme, I'm writing some things down about this, I still think the secret sauce to all the success, the happiness, and I'm curious to what your thoughts are, that that it's courageous authenticity and the willingness to be vulnerable. I think there's great strength in vulnerability. Um, It's the key to relationships. It's the key to finding your purpose, your big why. And when you find your big purpose, your big why, that the house starts to fall into place. I have certainly been guilty about just focusing on the tactics. I want to start a business, so therefore I'm going to focus on the tactics. And I think that's where we make our first mistake. What is your thoughts on that? 
I, I think you get people get too caught up in the details and are authentic. I, I, I tell people three things. I said first, um, no matter what other people tell you, you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Mm. Uh, and the reason you have to start there is because it will allow you to know that you're capable of doing more than you can possibly imagine. And that allows you then to be vulnerable. Yeah. And it allows you to be open to, yeah, I may make mistakes. Everything is not going to be perfect the first time. Uh, but that's part of living. That's part of life. Uh, and so that, that's the first thing that you just have to believe in yourself. And when those things come up, it helps you get through them. The second thing that, that I, you know, share with people is, I, I say hope is not a strategy. And, and what I mean by that is, when you talk about people at 25 just sitting back and saying, well, life will deliver me what it delivers me, is that hope is when you're sitting around waiting for something to happen, as opposed to taking action and making something happen. You're right. And I have found that, not to integrate where you talk about tacticals, but great leaders I've met and people that I know are happy and successful, in my words, you know, have a plan for life. And this is not to suggest that the plan always works, um, but they do have a plan or an idea of what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and that gives them guidance in terms of how they live their life, which I also think is important. Yeah. And then the last thing, I mean, to the point is, when you talk about being vulnerable, and, and to me, I say it like this, is you can't let fear uh, and selling for just being average prevent you from fulfilling your destiny. Yeah. So fear will come into play. But what holds a lot of people back are the fears we create within ourselves when we spend so much time focusing on all the things that might go wrong that we don't stop to think, what if it all goes right? Yes. And so that vulnerability, yes, has to be there. But at the same time, you can't let fear keep you from manifesting something positive with your life. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why most people... Uh, succumb to inaction is because of the fear. I think if you once you understand that the cur- the fear is never going to go away, but with, but that courage is a choice, and if you choose exactly. and if you choose to go forward anyway, I mean that's the whole definition of courage is, is stepping forward even though you're afraid. That's part of the journey, and I think it almost in in a sense it almost becomes the norm or almost dare I say addicting once you take that first step. I, I, when, go ahead. And you call it, call it step out on faith. Yeah. So you, you have to believe that it's going to be okay. But but if you think back, we're conditioned uh, almost to not want to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, because all the way up through school and everything else, we're told that if, if you work hard enough and study hard enough, uh, you won't make mistakes. I mean, you'll get the answer right. Uh, and so... To the point, we reach a point in our life where you realize that's not always the case. And so instead of stepping out on faith, to your point, we become so concerned about making a mistake that we become, you know, I, I would almost say uh, frozen in place and frozen in time. And, and I think what leaders understand is that you can't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, you know, mistakes are a part of the process of learning. And in fact, I'd say if you aren't making mistakes, chances are you're not pushing yourself. And, you know, this is not to say, I mean, yeah, you got to make all the mistakes yourself. You can see other people doing and learn for that. 
But part of it is, is getting over that fear. So you take the first step, which will then allow you to take the second step, which will then allow you to begin a process that will get you on the path to, uh, where you want to go. Yeah, I agree. And that, that, I think that's a part where, again, if you do it enough, it almost starts to become the norm. And it doesn't feel right if you don't, if that makes sense. I mean, I've, I've noticed that for a lot of the entrepreneurs and a lot of the, the people. And the only difference between the successful entrepreneur and the one that isn't taking action is, number one, having the willingness to step out in faith, but also having the re- resiliency or the ability to bounce back. Because uh, most of you successful people, you're going to fail. You're going to fall down. Absolutely. The ones that get up are the ones that make the difference. Yep. Because I, I suggest to people that, you know, life is not perfect. That's why it's called life. You have to live it. Right. And we're going to encounter trials and tribulations. And you said it yourself. I mean, the, the difference between success and sometimes those who are not successful are the resiliency of the people who continue uh, when others would stop. You know, and you think back when your kids were babies, and you remember how the joy of celebrating when the your kid was learning how to walk or whatever it was, <laughs> and the excitement you had when they just took one step and they fell down. And in a sense, well, they haven't learned how to walk yet. That was a failure in that little moment. But why can't we be that joyful and that excited about everything else that we do. I guess because our failures seemingly or rightfully or maybe wrongfully, I think a lot of times the failures seem insurmountable or the penalty for failure or the price for failure is too high. But I think that's a lie that we tell ourselves too much. I I think it's a lie. I think it's a lie that we tell ourselves. That that we condition ourselves that failure is permanent. And just like when you say taking that first step as a child, you know, falling down is temporary. Yep. You know, they fall down and then they get up and, you know, after a period of time, I mean, they quit falling uh, until they start running again and then they fall again. And right. so the other thing we have to realize is that life is an evolution, is that it's a process. And there's something about us who become adults, that, that we get that frame set, that mindset that, as you said, falling down is detrimental. Making a mistake is detrimental. I mean, I, I shouldn't do this. And it prevents you from even trying. Yeah. And so a lot of people, you know, you talk about step on faith. A lot of people won't even take that first step uh, because there's a fear of what will happen. I mean, it's, it's what I call the what if scenario. You know, you know, what if I fall? You know, what if person doesn't like me? What if I don't get the job? What if I'm not successful? And you can spend so much time and effort on what I call the negative what if. And, and that's in the book I talk about that that you don't put on the positive spin that says, what if it all turned out right, though? And I mean, there was a song way back when that that's what it was about. What if it all turns out right? So what if you're successful as opposed to, you know, fixating on all of the things that could go wrong? Right. You know, it doesn't even cost you. you know, I say that to my kids all the time. It doesn't cost you anymore to think the other way. It doesn't, no. co- it doesn't cost you a dime more. And it, and it doesn't cost you a dime to, to dream big. If you're going to dream, you might as well dream big. It doesn't cost you anything more. I mean, every, you know, and I think that's what, I guess where I'm kind of really going with all this, I'm really getting an intent and passionate about this whole uh, mind shift thing. And I know it's nothing new, but it seems like there's a huge vacuum, maybe culturally, in the business world, certainly in our personal and our family lives, a huge vacuum of just kind of common sense um, we're not 
we're always told what to think. No, no one ever teaches us how to think, right? I think that right. no one teaches us how to think. And I think that if if we sat, I mean, when's the last time any of us sat down for thirty minutes of our day and thought about how we could really take action to improve our lives? And if you think about it, you don't. That's where the autopilot kind of comment came in. You know, I've certainly been guilty of that. We just kind of go through the motions, and you're not consciously or intentionally thinking about what can I do to live out my dream. We just don't do it. No one tells us how to do it. You know, nobody tells you how to do it, Rich. And like you said, we we get on autopilot, and as a result, this is my view: is that um, we become satisfied with average results because we don't have big dreams. Yeah, and. The one thing about big dreams, and I found out, because when I talked about it, I had dreams that were bigger than what people thought were possible. I mean, you know, for a kid from my neighborhood, I mean, even graduating from college would, would, would have been, a, you know, a huge accomplishment, but, but the end up where I ended up at is unheard of. But my thing about big dreams, and, and it, it invokes confidence. And, you know, when you dream big, your confidence becomes better, and, and you push yourself to even greater heights. Yeah. And, and and it's not always to say that you know, your big dreams culminate in you know monumental results, but what I found out that it's even rare that small dreams end up producing big outcomes. Yeah, and like you said, it's free. You know, the size of the dream is free. Whether you dream big dreams or small dreams, it doesn't cost you anymore. And how do we get? And that's part of what I'm trying to get in the book and trying to get people to understand. How do you change your mindset? where, you know, you step out on faith and you dream bigger and you expect more. And by doing that, I think you push yourself to achieve more. Yeah. So what is it? What are some of the, what are some of the tactics, I guess? People are always looking for tactics in that thing. How do you, how do you shift the mindset? I mean, personally, it's taking what I call calculated risk. And, and, and whenever you say risk, people go, you know, you, you breathe that, you know, the sweat starts to come down, and you know there is a such thing as taking calculated risk. And and I have a saying when I talk about focus on what you're going to, not what you're going through. Yeah. And and the reason that's important is because it, it will allow you to not let the the minor things that pop up because they will. I mean, things are always going to pop up, but you don't let them derail you uh, from where you're headed. And we have to get to that mindset. Focus on what you're going to. It's important. Uh, and let's have a mindset that allows us to take that first step. Then we can take the second step. But it, it has to be a mindset change. Mm-hmm. And, and say, okay, what keeps people from doing that is because we've become a nation of instant gratification. Mm. You know, we want everything to happen right now. I mean, you have kids, I have kids. I mean, everything is now. And we have to get back to, well, it's a process. And, you know, happiness is a process. Success, particularly if it's going to be sustainable, is you have to build it so that it lasts and and not look for quick wins. And that, I think, is one of the biggest things that we have to overcome is this concept of instant gratification has to be all right now. Uh, And we don't stick with things and we don't build it the way that it will last. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought that up. You're right. Success leadership, anything you're trying to do, it develops day by day by day, not in a day, right? It just doesn't happen. You don't attend a seminar, you don't read a book, you don't listen to some audio tape, 
or a podcast for that matter and, and instantly become a leader or become successful. It's a lifelong, never-ending journey. Yeah, and, and there, there are people who think that you read one book or you go to one speech, have people come to me and think it, it's going to change their life. And, and what I say is, hopefully it allows you to, to take that first step uh, that's going to enable you to change your life. Yeah, Because this... if you come there, if they listen to your podcast, or they listen to me speak and all that, and walk away thinking that, okay, that is going to manifest itself tomorrow in a complete lifestyle change, uh, they're going to be disappointed. And disappointment leads people to quit doing the things that they need to continue to do if they're going to achieve the success and happiness that they're ultimately seeking. Yeah, if you, you attend a seminar, you read a book, you listen to a podcast maybe to get motivated. But if you're going to um, develop and change your character, you got to engage in a process, a lifelong process. And it takes discipline. I think it's so easy. We, you know, you talked about the the culture and where we're at. I think you know we put so much emphasis on talent in this society. I think we put emphasis on, you know, it's easy for us to look at someone who's successful and say, look how talented they are. And um, I don't buy into that. I don't think talent necessarily equals results. I mean, talent can help, but. Um, it, the catalyst that kind of drives the sustainable results is that process, and at the end of the day, it requires discipline and leadership, in my opinion. I mean, no, I, I, I'm going to echo what you're saying, because I, I believe, and you can tell me I'm wrong, we're, we're all born with the ability to achieve greatness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when people talk about talent, not, I mean, some have more than others, but we all have returning within us. The difference is, is how that greatness manifests itself in our lives, and and. I have these things I talk about, three Ds, desire, determination, and dedication. And, and the desire talks about are you committed uh, to putting uh, a thoughtful plan in place in your life to get you where you want to be? Uh, determination, are you devoted to doing whatever it takes on a day-to-day basis to achieve what you depict in your plan? And then the, you know, the dedication is I'm going to stick to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Desire, determination, dedication is what allows that greatness that's inside of you to manifest itself so you see it. And that will overcome talent. Yep. I mean, talent without, you know, action and without effort is, is useless. Yep. Uh, and, and we've probably all seen talented individuals that did not maximize and utilize their talents. And I've seen other people that one would say have less talent but because they were driven to succeed and they put a thoughtful process in place to get them there, actually achieve more. Yeah, I agree. You're absolutely right. If all if talent equaled success, and to your point, all successful people would be, would be extremely talented, and that's not the case. And conversely, if success equaled talented, all, untalented, all unsuccessful people would be untalented. And you're right. We know many people who are extremely talented, but they just don't seem to get the results they deserve. And I think it's it's because of some of the things you talked about there. You know, the desire, the determination, the dedication are maybe lacking in some area. You know, what what's the cliche saying? Who said it? Was it uh, God? Who said that? Eighty percent of success is just show. Was that um, just showing up? Showing up, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and there's some truth in that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you just continue, and you and you don't stop. You know, so t- tell me, I, uh, I didn't get 
a, a good sense. You know, you said you had big dreams when you were a kid. Probably some difficult circumstances. I don't know all the details. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. But I'm curious. Did you have somebody that was who believed in you? Did you doubt yourself, or was, did you have an internal fortitude of always believing you could achieve more? Or how did you overcome your limiting beliefs? No, I I had, and I was fortunate that I had uh, a number of people that believed in me because to be fair, I started out didn't have the self confidence in myself to believe that. Uh, I was capable or even had a right uh, to believe that I could have big dreams and, you know, achieve the things that I wanted to achieve in my life. So, you know, there were a number of people, you know, you know my parents who started with, you know, teachers and colleagues. But uh, in particular, and, and I remember this, I mean, the gentleman I was working for, um, my name was Dave Rickard, you know, that uh, he just retired as CFO at CVS. But Dave was instrumental in my life primarily because he taught me to believe in myself mm. and not to settle for less than I was capable of. And I said, how do you say you say, okay, how was that? And he said, well, I worked for Dave. He was my boss on two separate occasions and really two different companies. And each time I worked for him, he placed me into leadership positions which stretched me and required me to mature and develop both as a person uh, individually and as well on the business side. And I, I would tell you, I'm successful today because, you know, to be honest, at certain times, they probably believed in me more than I believed in myself. Hmm. But his leadership and his pushing me helped me develop the skills and, more importantly, the confidence that I needed to accomplish my goals and aspirations. So, yeah, it, it was clearly... Someone seeing something to me that I probably didn't see in myself, and having the willingness to mentor, guide, advise me uh, through this process that we're talking about, yeah, to where I got sustainable. I mean, it's almost like you know, you put training wheels on a bike. Uh, he was my training wheels, uh, and, and helped me. And then, as I learned and improved, the training wheels came off, and I was still a little wobbly. But I still rely on him even today for, you know, guidance and fortitude that got me to upright and, you know, doing what I needed to do to be the person uh, that I think I was called to be. Yeah, I love that. It's standing on the shoulders of others, you know, kind of the, the, the cliche saying there. Not even cliche, it's a truth. It's, a, it's an eternal truth of that you look at every successful person, um, they stood on somebody's shoulders. And just like you, somebody's going to stand on yours, and you may not even know the impact of that standing. You know what I mean? And um, Well, we, we all are going to leave a legacy. Yeah. The question is what that legacy will be. Yep. So for your kids and other people who are talking about listening to this podcast and others, we are all going to leave a legacy. And, and I say that. I have two sons that I say, you have to decide what you want that legacy to be. And having the fortitude to say you want it to be a positive one, hopefully. That's what, that's what we're trying to do, and one that people look back and say it was beneficial. That's the kind of life that you want to live. Yep. Uh, because as you said, there's, there's not one leader, and I know a lot of them, that's self-made. I mean, we hear the thing about self-made man, self-made woman. Um, somebody along the way uh, was an advocate in some way on their behalf and maybe they don't even understand it or don't even appreciate it, didn't even know it happened. 
but I assure you that we, we all got to where we were by standing on someone else's shoulder. Yep, I love that. And when you understand that truth, that makes you, especially as a parent, uh, much more in tune to what your daily choices um, and intentions and actions are. I think if you understand that, that certainly helps and understand. Again, it's just getting off autopilot, breaking that mindset, and being intentional every single day about improving um, your lot in life, your situation. Every The circumstances, you know, I guess for me, and, and, and I'm feeling almost embarrassed that to, to say that I've kind of learned this uh, too late in life. Well, it's, not, it's never too late, I guess, but just, you know, the being the intentional part of understanding that the circumstances you find yourself in at this moment are, no matter what they are, is the perfect place to begin your leadership journey. You don't have to go somewhere to grow. You just have to opt in. Exactly. Every day you wake up is a, is a new beginning. Yep. And and you'd say, I mean, it may have taken a while to get there, because sometimes we spend so much time talking about, well, you don't understand what happened, and it's not perfect and all that, but... It, it only starts when you change your mindset and say it's going to start. Yeah. You know, there's no magic bell that goes off. It's when people say, so when do you decide, well, you wanted to be a leader and you wanted to do this or that? And it was a process. There, there was no bell that went off. There was no, you know, start a pistol that shot that said, okay, the day is the day. That starts when you decide that you want to make the change. And... You know, you, you want to do something different and take it to your point, get off autopilot and become active. Uh, I, I say in the book, I, and, I, and I use this often, is that you either get better or you get worse. And the reason you get worse that if you're not active, other people around you are getting better, so they pass you by. Mm. So you, you can't stop. There doesn't become a place when you say, so when do you stop? Is that you're here for as long as you're going to be here, so... Your obligation is each day to try to get better, a little bit better, move a little bit further. And if not for you, for your family, if not for your family, for your colleagues, if not for your colleagues, for the business you own, uh, but there are reasons why you have to continue to get better and continue that process. And every day, a little bit better in some way is, is the way that you have to look at your life. And I love how you said it's an obligation, because it is. Because whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, you are obligated in some sense. You're obligated to somebody. You're obligated to yourself. And you said it well, your colleagues, your business, your country even, you know, the planet you live yeah. on. You're obligated to improve. And uh, when you look at it that way, I think that sets the stage for intentionality. And I love that word. That's kind of another word I've been on lately is intentionality. Because, I like that word. I'm yeah. going to start using it. Yeah. That would become part of mine. When I'm <laughs> Very good. Well, and the other thing I wanted to point out, too, is you said, you know, even you know, in talking to you, I think it's, it's critical, you, yourself, every other person, you don't look at yourself as at a, on a plateau. You're still on a journey, and I think that's, the, we all are. And I think that if you ever get to the point where you're thinking, oh, I've paid my dues, I've arrived, I'm at the plateau, I think you're setting yourself up for a fall. I think it's a never-ending journey until the day you check out. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and it's also about, when you say being vulnerable, but also being humble. Yeah, oh yeah. Because it, 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 this goes back to um, understanding I'm so grateful for so many people. And, you know, the people that 
uh, don't understand that, that you have to continue the process, but you also have to be humble. Uh, that's where the success and happiness wins, because there are people you'd say successful, but I wouldn't call successful because they're miserable in their life. Uh, yeah. because they haven't learned to be vulnerable, let other people in. Uh, and they're also not giving back because it, I also have this phrase where I say it's not all about you. Yep. That the purpose in life is you do well so that you can serve others to help them do well. And I think when you talk about making the neighborhood better, to make the city better, to make the state better, to make the country better, that's how we have to look at it and that's how we have to start. That even if each of us just does a little bit, you add that up, it makes a big difference, and it changes, and pretty soon, you know, like I said, your neighborhood changes the city, which changes the state, which changes the country, which changes the world. And it may be a bit Pollyanna, but I, I have that belief that if we're humble, vulnerable, and continue to progress the way that uh, we should, that's the kind of impact we can have. Yeah, I love that. I agree with you. At the end of the day, leadership is is about influence. And if you're asking me an elevator, well, how do you become a better leader? I, I would boil it down like you just add value to other people. That's, yeah. But I think that if, if nothing else gets said, that's it. Yeah. A leader's job is to advance other people. Yep. I mean, the people that I look at, as, as you know, when people say leaders, I mean, there are a lot of business leaders on that. But I look at, people like Gandhi, people like Martin Luther King Jr., because you'd sit there and say their sole purpose, and I'd say they were leaders, was more about bringing others to a different place than it was solely focused on themselves. Absolutely. And and that, to me, is, is the true definition of leadership, is that I'm putting, bringing others along, getting them to envision things, getting them to a place that they may not have gotten to absent my leadership. That's true leadership. Yep. Absolutely. And it's sacrificial, too. I think it's, you know, and you brought up Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr., ultimate sacrifices, you know. They sacrifice so much. They sacrifice their lives in both cases. Yep. To, for a belief that you said that was bigger than them. And that's when, you, you know, you talk about having a dream and, and a big dream. I would suggest the dream both of them had was was larger than anybody around them or even probably, you know, anybody could imagine. I mean, you know, and you talk about dream big and it have a big impact, and it had a huge impact. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, ultimately it cost both of them, but the price they paid and the legacy they left, and this gets back to we all leave a legacy, uh, you have to say made a huge difference in the world. The world you and I live in today is... is I would say a better place because of both of those gentlemen. Absolutely. I thought I was just thinking 50 years ago as this recording, 50 years ago tomorrow, was his, uh, I have a dream speech. Yep, that's correct. And, and it's still to this day, you know, and, and people want to debate, are we better off or, or not? I would say we're better served. Uh, because of him and Martin Luther King Jr. and his leadership than we would have been had he not been there. Yep. And other people would, you know, suggest that some would have, that someone else would have stepped up and filled that void. Maybe, maybe not. The fact is he did. Uh, and so 
that's what leaders do. And, and you know, I, I would say when you're talking about we keep waiting, leaders normally don't wait. Leaders step up. Yeah. And that distinguishes, you know, the, the person that doesn't mind being vulnerable because they may get shouted down. Things may not turn out the way that others would have defined it. But I, I've learned when I said to, uh, you know, my experiences is that leaders step up and fear, which we all have, you learn to live with it. But the fear is not going to go away. Never. It's just that you, you just don't enable it to become a mechanism that prevents you from doing what you need. But people think fear goes away. No, I mean, I still wake up every day, have different fears, but I, I don't let those fears harness me and prevent me from doing what I need to do. And that's the key, I think, to, you know, being successful, happy, uh, and living the life that you and I are talking about. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the fear and the courage um, I, for a long time, equated uh, courage as being fearless. And it was once I realized that it was a choice, that it doesn't go away. No, it, yeah, exactly. It, it, it doesn't go away. It's just you allow it to manifest itself and prevent you from doing what you need to do, and you just step through it. You know, yeah, fear can, be, fear can actually be the fuel that drives success. I'm a firm yeah. believer of that. It can be a tremendous motivator and fuel, and I think if you learn how to harness it, and again, that's a choice. It's the mindset. You can take that fear and harness that to achieve great things. I, I learned that from aviation. I think, you know, you look at, you, you see all these examples of these people doing, you know, take the example of Sullenberger landing the Hudson on the, or landing the plane on the Hudson, right? Yeah, With no yeah. engine. You know, everybody thinks, oh, he was so calm and cool, collected and all that training and all this and that, professional aviator. And if you look at the quote, what he said, it was the most, it was the most fearful bottom of the pit, falling through the floor feeling I've ever had in my life. He was petrified, but you never would have known it. I mean, he, he was forced. He had to do something, and he did it, you know, through skill. You know, all his training led up to that moment. But he was fearful, and I think that's what's key, is that he was afraid at that moment. And but that's being vulnerable. That's right. And, and once you get there, he channeled the fear in the right place. That's right. That allowed him to do the right thing. Because if you don't channel it right, fear can be paralyzed. Where he didn't do the right thing. Right. And so, one, admit the fact that, and I say it to you all the time, they say, don't you get scared? And I say, yeah, you, you do. Fear is there, but it's how you channel it. And use it as motivation as opposed to a something that's a demotivator or right. something that's a hindrance to keep from doing what you need to do. So, yeah, in that particular, that's a great example, I think, of how fear was used positively. Yep. I mean, to drive you to do the right thing. But so many leaders and so many people think, well, you know, you, you reach a point great leaders that aren't fearful. I mean, it, I would say no, even if you're leading the charge. I mean, unless you're not human, there's some fear there. Yep. But you're chilling and knowing that I'm looking at the outcome that's going to come from this, the positive outcome, and you have choices. And, and some of those choices are, if I don't do this, then what? And, and that then what is, is worse off than recharging up the hill. Yeah, I think the, 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 desire, the desire for success or for a positive outcome can certainly, I mean, that's really, to me, where, where the success comes in. If you... Um, your desire to 
overcome overcomes the the fear that's involved. That's what everybody. I guess it's the channeling of the fear. I don't know. I think uh, I was trying to remember what what passage it was in the Bible. I'm not as astute in the Bible as I probably should be, but the passage in the Old Testament is like, "Stand firm on your shaky legs, and those that follow you will be strong." Oh, I wish I could remember what that's from, but I love that. We're not use that. I, I, I can't quote it either, but the message that you're sending is the right one. Yep, and I think it's key is you, you know stand firm on your shaky legs, as you're going to be afraid, and uh, and get used to it. Well, gosh, what a fun conversation! Uh, you you are a true thought leader, and certainly a, a member of my leadership tribe for forever from this day forward. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, Rich, this was. One, let me tell you this, that I, I appreciate all you're doing uh, in, in terms of getting the message out, because you, your passion uh, for leadership and, and your passion for getting people to live a better life, and, and I say live the life that they were designed to live, is uh, incredible. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to you know, listen to a lot of your podcasts, and it has been, like I said earlier, I mean, a privilege uh, you know, to spend this time with you and just share some insights. And I benefited from it, uh, and hopefully audience will as well. Oh, gosh, that's uh, very touching, and that means a lot that you said that, but the privilege is mine as, as well. It's, it's, it's one of the benefits of this podcast is I've met some fabulous people, and, uh, and um, you're certainly up there in, the, in that ranking, and just uh, one, of the, one of the great conversations that I've got on the, on the tape here. So I really appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you. All right. Well, I'll definitely have you back in the future, especially I've said this in a few of my guests that I could do themed podcasts. And so maybe what we can do is we can pick like a topic like accountability or something and maybe just focus on that and do a little homework before. And maybe we can do that in the future sometime. Oh, that would be great. It'd be my pleasure. How can people find you? Where, uh, where can uh, people find you and your book? I'll have links to all this on the post. But get- um, you can find me on the book is on Amazon. You know, it's also on Barnes and Noble. I have a website. You, you are better than your best. Uh, that if you key that in, it'll come up on the website. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so there's there's a number of different places uh, where you want you can actually find me as well as get copies of the book. And hope that people do that. Very good. It was a pleasure having the show. I just realized, too, it's Hebrews 12. If the, that's where I found that stand firm on your shaky legs. So I had to Google that. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. All right, Lionel, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.